Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Praise God this morning, church. How, how's everybody doing this morning? Amen. Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. Let's have Pentecost Church this morning. Man, God is good. God is good. <clears throat> Amen. How are you feeling this morning, church? <clears throat> blessed. We are blessed. We should also be hurting. Yesterday, <clears throat> yesterday, you know, we had planned to take Layla fishing because she had never been before. She's always bugging. She wants to go fishing. And uh, she hadn't been out in like three months because, you know, one, we just had a baby and, and you know, coronavirus, all that stuff. So we told her last week that we would take her this week fishing. And uh, so we, we left Ellie with, with my mother-in-law. We took Layla to Galveston and we told her it was going to be her day whatever she wanted to do. And she, she had a blast. We, we fished for like an hour. She, we didn't catch anything. And then she wanted to go ride a speedboat. She saw some speedboats and she was like, I want to do that. So we did that and uh, it was fun. But <clears throat> the whole night before, I, was, uh, I just felt, man, something stirring up in my spirit. And I don't know if you felt the same way this week. You know what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on. And uh, I, I, I would have moments yesterday trying to have fun, you know, trying to be present. But I would have moments where my mind would kind of go to a different place. And it usually happened when I picked up my phone and I scrolled through, scrolled through Facebook or, um, you know, got a notification of a news article or something. Uh, and it was just the night before I, I went to bed heartbroken, man, heartbroken for so many reasons. And, and, and to the point where I even, I, I went to sleep crying. This was last night. This was last night. And I don't cry a lot. I'm not a very sensitive guy. I feel like that's always kind of been one of my weaknesses as a pastor. I've always felt like God make me more sensitive because when people come to me with their problems, I need to show some emotion. Right. Um, but it's just, I'm just not a sensitive person. But yesterday, my heart was broken, man. It was broken because the systemic racism that still exists, one. Um, heartbroken because there, there are, can I just be real with, with everybody? Okay. Heartbroken because there are some bad cops. And that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart even more when, when the good cops get lumped into the category of bad cops. Heartbroken in, in what the anger and, and the rage has led to in our country, in our city. It's a heartbreaking situation, man. And in moments like this, can I tell you what we do that we should not do? The church, during moments where things get so crazy in our world, we look up 
and we say, Jesus, where are you at, man? Come get me. Like, I don't know if you were ever a kid and you went to like a, a friend's house, you slept over, and then the party was kind of getting lame, and you didn't want to be there anymore. They were doing something that you didn't want to do. They were watching a movie that you didn't like. You were bored. So you called up your mom, can you come get me? Escape. I want to escape. And I think too many times the church wants to escape what we have been called here to, uh, to preach to. I think that's the wrong question, God. What, what, come give me. Rapture your church, God. Because you know what that means. If he comes back today, there's so many people, people that you and I love, that are going to stay without ever having been raptured, having ever been uh, receiving in, in the kingdom of God. The, the question that we should be asking, instead of, Lord, where are you at? Lord, what do you want me to do? What can I do? And that was my question last night as I went to bed. I said, God, what can I do? Because I honestly don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. I'm a, I'm a preacher. What I can do is preach. And that's what I do. But, but some, I feel like I need to be about what I preach about. And that's the church. That's just the whole church in general. I don't know what to do in these situations. I think that the first step is to break the silence. <clears throat> and I, I understand breaking silence brings a lot of danger. It's dangerous when you break silence because it invites ears to listen to you that might not agree with you. And, and they'll let you know that they don't agree with you. And when you break your silence and you speak up, you have to be willing to possibly be wrong. And that's something hard to do because no one wants to admit when they're wrong. But sometimes we, we say things. Sometimes I say things and I give it a little bit more thought later. And I'm like, man, I shouldn't have said that. You have to be willing to be disrespected because people can be so petty and, and, and they will disrespect you when they don't agree with you. But I believe that if we pray, if we seek the face of God, if we ask for direction, if we humble ourselves, if we seek wisdom in a time of so much uncertainty, and, and we ask ourselves, how would Christ handle this situation? How can, I, how can I emit love and compassion in this situation? I think that at least that's a pretty good start for us. It's a time for the church to start doing more. I refuse to be a church for the church. I don't want to do that. That's, that's not why I said yes to pastoring. To pastor... To pastor a church that would just be for themselves? That's like having a hospital, cancer center, advertising themselves to treat people that don't have cancer. We are a church for the hurting, for the people that need Jesus. And, and right now, we are the closest thing to Jesus to the world. And we're trying to escape. We need to confront these real situations, these real issues. I never wanted to be a pastor who got behind here and, 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 and started talking about very, very controversial issues. 
But then I looked at Jesus. And he was crazy controversial. And so I think that, you know, today is Pentecost Sunday. There's a message here, and I'm going to get to, I just had to say this before we got started. But there is a power that the Holy Spirit has given to the church. And I feel like sometimes we, we use that power for ourselves. We use our power to have good services when that's not what the power was ever meant for. If you got your Bibles, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and they were astonished, saying, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Verse 11 says, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling our own tongues, the mighty works of God. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said they were filled with new wine. Amen. Today is the day of Pentecost you're not really sure what that is. It is a day where we remember the historic, very pivotal day um, in, in the church where the Holy Spirit rushed in to, to the room where the apostles were and, and he filled lives and he changed lives and he gave power to those who then went out and in that power grew the church that we know today. All because of the Holy Spirit. And something happened on that day to this group of men that should echo the church of today. The Bible says that the men who were watching these disciples, those who did not understand the power that is of the Holy Spirit, they were a little confused. They were bewildered. They were amazed. They were astonished. They were perplexed. All those words are used in that passage. They didn't know what to think about these men. Some of them questioned their sobriety. Well, maybe they're just drunk. Because what were they doing? They were speaking in different languages. Men who didn't speak a certain language before were now speaking it. If the day of Pentecost were to have happened today, say there's a a group of men and women uh, all worshiping God together and they only speak English, that would be the equivalent of them just starting to to tell of the mighty works of God in Mandarin and, and French and Hindi and Japanese and all of these languages that they've never spoken before. I have been around the Spanish language all my life, and I still can't get it. (laughs) This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Speaking foreign languages, it was the spiritual gift of, of communication. That's what it was. Even after this moment, if you remember, Peter, he goes out, 
and he communicates a message. He preaches a message where 3,000 are saved. Have you ever wondered why, church? Have you ever wondered why the first gift of the Holy Spirit, the first, I mean, he initiates the whole giving of gifts by giving a gift of communication. Have you ever wondered that? Have you thought about that? Why that? Why the gift of, of speaking in different languages? Why the gift of communication? Why not anything else? Why not healing? Why not raising from the dead? Why tongues? Why? Have you ever thought about that? I think it's because you cannot preach that which you cannot communicate. This wasn't about showing off. It was about delivering a message. That's what it was. The day of Pentecost was always centered around the gospel. That's why I'm coming to give you power because of the gospel that needs to be preached because of the gospel that needs to reach every end of the earth. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. You cannot preach good news if you cannot communicate it. And this is why the Holy Spirit was given to give us power in our commission. And the Holy Spirit, man, Holy Spirit is like really smart, right? He's like all knowing smart. And so he knew that, that if, if you're going to effectively communicate with someone, you have to be able to get their attention. You have to. That's like public speaking 101. Don't put people to sleep. <laughs> and that, that is, it's a task and it's a challenge, but it's, it's the truth. You can have such a powerful word to give, but if you don't deliver it the way that it should be, the way that it's going to communicate effectively to, to the people that you're talking to, it's going to go over their heads. That's why you can't speak the same way to a five-year-old that you would speak to a room full of adults. And, and so as a preacher, I, I have to be conscious of this all the time, you know, because this is why I tell this, this is why I tell you all my business all the time, because y'all, y'all like it. People like stories. People like relatability. And that's why, that's why I, my, my use of dynamics is always like way up here. And then I go down here, it's way up here, it's way down here, it's way up here. And when I'm down there just talking to you, I'm always like pretty monotone, right? I've been told like I'm pretty, I'm a, I'm a quiet person. But when I come behind here, man, I got I to gotta engage with you guys. Got to wake y'all up, make sure y'all don't miss the message that I've spent hours into preparing because I believe that God has it for you. And so if you look at scripture here in this passage, you'll notice that the way that the disciples were able to get the attention of everyone who was looking at them was by standing out, by looking not normal. That's the title of my message today. Not normal. You weren't called to be normal church. Jesus wasn't normal. The disciples weren't normal. The arrival of the Holy Spirit interrupted the norm. And he provided a new way of operating for men and women in Christ. And as the body of Christ, I think one of the questions that we should be asking ourselves constantly is, have I gone back to normal? Have I reverted? Because it's so easy to do. Normal is something that we crave, man. It's natural for us to want normalcy. 
It's not, it's not even a bad thing. We'd, ba- we'd rather be normal than weird, right? So, so maybe that's why we're okay with it. Because we want to be normal so badly this whole season of COVID-19. It taught us just that. At first, it was, it was different. So it was a little interesting. Okay, I, I, I guess I can work from home. I guess I can not interact, especially the introverts, right? I, I, I can do no people for a while. It's cool with me. Two weeks later, two weeks into it, we were craving to go back to normal, craving to go inside and dine in at a restaurant. We were craving normalcy because that's what our flesh wants. We want to be normal. Has God ever woken, woken you up in the middle of the night? For like no reason, right? No reason. He wants to chat. He, he doesn't even want to chat. He wants you to chat. Layla, Layla does this, man. She wakes up randomly like at 3 a.m., 2 a.m., and she just strikes up a conversation. <laughs> Earlier this week, in fact, she, she woke up and she said, Daddy, Daddy. I thought she had a nightmare. And, and she said, Daddy, I was about to have the best dream ever, and then I woke up. <laughs> I was like, girl, I feel you, man. I've had those before. And then she just wanted to you know, carry on conversation at 3 a.m., you know, 3 in the morning. God does that too. Two weeks ago, God woke me up in the, in the middle of the night for no reason. I, I felt this strong urge in my spirit to get up and pray. And that's what my spirit was saying. Pray, pray, pray. I don't know for what. Just do it. Pray, pray, pray. And in my mind, I was like, God, why do you got to do this right now? Why can't you talk to me in normal hours? And I woke up. I, I got up. I went to the living room because I, you know, I, I don't know if you've tried before praying like while your eyes are still closed. And you're basically asleep, right? And you give God like this petty prayer, like Lord Jesus, I love you. You're, you're drifting off, right? So I was like, man, I gotta get up and I gotta, you know, move around and, and pray. And that's what I did. But it wasn't normal. That's why my my flesh tried to fight me so hard on it. But the spirit has no regard for normal because the spirit wants to surpass that which is normal to get the attention of of others so that we can communicate with them so that we can deliver a message to them so that our spirit can be made stronger than our flesh. Spirit has no regard for normal. In Acts chapter three, another abnormal thing happens. Verse one of Acts chapter 3. You probably just turn the page and it says, and Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. And a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. See, this was a, this was a, a normal thing. Daily normal occurrence for this man. Every day he got up and and he had his routine. Someone dropped him off at the temple and and he would be there the rest of the day to ask for money because that's, that's what, what poor lame men do. You just ask for money. It's normal for people to give you money because it's easier to give someone a few bucks than it is to, to go down to the corner store and give them a meal. It's easier. So it's normal. It's easier to give someone a couple bucks for bus fare than it is to give them a ride. So There he is on a normal day doing his normal routine, sitting at the beautiful gate asking for money. But then a very not normal couple of men who are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit come across this beggar and they do something not normal. 
Verse 4 says, And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made stronger. And leaping up, he stood and he began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people, listen, all the people saw him. All the people saw him walking and praising God and recognizing him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for arms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened because it wasn't normal. When the day of Pentecost arrived, everything about the way that the apostles operated from ministry to daily life became not normal. Became weird to some people. The Apostle Paul, he writes in Romans a very honest truth about himself. I know we can all relate to this. It's in chapter 7. He says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. I think you know, the internal spiritual battle that we face on a daily basis, church, is one that wants to make you think is normal. It wants to make you think that it's normal to not have enough faith in times of tragedy. It wants you to think that divorce is normal. Everyone does it. Not a big deal. It wants you to think that that it's, it's so normal to be angry enough to write off good people and you never forgive them again. That it's normal to live a life in fear. It's normal to be scared. It's normal to not want to do something. And if that is the mentality, and if we give into that, you're going to be okay with being normal. And that is not what the Holy Spirit has called you to be. He's called you to have faith that goes beyond all understanding. He's called you to, to put in a little bit more work when everyone is telling you, man, just leave him. Leave her. Get out of that relationship. You need to split up. He's, he's calling you to, to forgive that person when everyone else is saying, forget that person. That's the spirit calling you to something abnormal. I know it's not normal, but you weren't called into faith to continue living just like everyone else. Amen. Our mission as a church, if you haven't forgot, pretty much drilled it into y'all early on in the year. We strive to be moved, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And to the world, that's not normal. That is weird. That's why some people walk in here. They've never been in church before. They see you lifting your hand. They're like, what is this? Have you ever seen the face of someone when, when the spirit of God has descended over them? Have you ever seen, I mean, like they, they're kind of scared, you know, like, what is this? I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember, uh, it was probably last year I went to someone's, someone's house, brother, brother Larry, uh, Larry, uh, Mata. And, uh, 
man, he, he, he wanted to do, he wanted to do something with me. And, and, uh, <clears throat> basically it was, it, it was him wanting to, 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 to pass on the gift of deliverance and prayer. And I, man, I remember after that day, man, my prayers, man, they just got mm. power. But I remember being there in that house and everything was fine. We we're comfortable. You know, is, I've, I've done this before. And he's got the anointing oil and, 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 you know, he's praying for me and, and he's, you know, he's letting the Holy Spirit do his thing and I would fall back and all this stuff. It, it, it felt fine. And then these two guys who decided to come in to install cable or something, they just kind of went into the house and, and, you know, Brother Larry was like, we're still doing this thing. You cool with that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. And he, I, I knew that they were freaked out <laughs> because God was doing some things in there. And that's, that's what happens sometimes to the world. Your faith isn't going to look normal. Your worship isn't going to look normal. Your singing is not going to sound normal. But God did not call you to normalcy. Mm. It might be normal here. Maybe that's why we feel so comfortable when we come to church. Because it's, it's normal. It's normal to worship here. It's normal to, to raise our hands. That's why you're so ready to come back on the 14th. Because you're re- this, this is home. Even, even if you're not operating in the Holy Spirit out in the world, you can at least pretend in here and no one's going to know the difference because it's normal in here. But when you're out in the world where Jesus commissioned us for our work, we're expected to operate under abnormal circumstances. And it's, it's much harder to do that in the world than it is in church. It's harder to do that. It's harder for your rhetoric to be spiritual with your coworkers than it is with your Bible study friends. It's not normal. And that's the place where the church often reverts back to normal in the world. And I want to challenge you, man, not to go there. Don't go back to what used to be. I remember when I first got into ministry, I was 12 years old, been in ministry for a long time. That's when I, I really started to get involved heavily, heavily in church. I started playing music, started to sing. I, I attended the youth camps. I remember telling my youth pastor, let me preach, man, put me in coach. I would preach on some Friday nights and man, I, I was, I was ready. And you know, I had ministerial roots that go back generations. So I, I knew the word of God. I was comfortable here, but then I would go to school and it was a different world there, man. And I just wanted, I wanted so badly to be normal. So I would just, I would blend in with my classmates. Everyone at school would cuss. I'm going to pick up a few curse words myself. And that's what I did. I don't recommend it to any kids. Okay. Don't do that. I never, I never did, you know, drugs or any of that stuff. I never partied, but but I tried to look as normal as possible in school. And it wasn't until like eighth grade that anyone even knew that I was a Christian. And now maybe as adults, we don't struggle as much with, you know, peer pressure, but can we really say that we look different enough 
to draw attention from the world. And I'm, I'm, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that we got to draw negative attention to ourselves. That's counterproductive. I'm not saying we should all go outside and have these signs saying that the end is near. Megaphones. I'm not saying that. What I'm referring to is something powerful enough to impact lives. Because I can think of several people in my life who have faith that draws the attention of faithless. And it's inspiring. Whose prayer lives call attention from those who don't even know how to pray in an inspirational way. It's like the faith of that, of that woman who, who knew that if she could just touch Jesus... I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care what they think. I don't, I don't care about the, the obstacles that it's going to take me to get to Jesus. If I could just touch him, there will be power there. And she touched him. She touched him. And Jesus says, I feel like some power was taken from me. And it was that faith that got the attention of Jesus. In a crowd full of people, her faith stood out because she wasn't normal. That man whose friends lowered him down, this crippled man from a roof by, by, by cutting a hole in the roof and lowering him to Jesus. That's not normal. There's a process. People might say there's a process to, to getting to Jesus. There's a right way to do it. Sometimes we got to look not normal. And that Holy Spirit, church, who fell upon the apostles, he's still here. He didn't leave. He didn't go anywhere. He, he, is, he is here, ready to equip, ready to give power. And I hate to break it to you. I said this earlier. He's not giving us power so that we can have really good church services. That's part of it. That might come with it. But he's doing it so that wherever you go out in the world... We as a church can point every abnormal act of grace and forgiveness and peace and perseverance and patience and love and kindness and compassion and faith all to Jesus. All of those things don't look normal, but we're going to point it all to Jesus. I ask you this morning, church, have you become okay with normal? Because if you have, The Holy Spirit wants to fall upon you. He wants to give you power, man. He wants to give you power. Power isn't normal. It's not spirit. Spiritless people don't walk around in power. What about the spirit filled ones? Do we have that power that has been given to us freely by the Holy Spirit? It's available. It's here in this room. It's here in, in, in that room, wherever you're watching, he is there. The Holy Spirit, he is there. And when you're ready to receive and you're humbled and, and your mission is, is, is gospel-centered, Jesus-centered, not politically driven, it's not the, the, the desperate need to be right, It's just to have Jesus be your central focus. Because when that, when we get that right, man, the Holy Spirit will equip us. Because he will, he will realize that you have realized your mission. And he'll say, okay, you're ready. Your mind is in the right place. Your heart is in the right place. You're not so concerned with all of this other noise. 
You just want Jesus. Let me give you power. Let me give you power to communicate to that person who is hurting. To communicate Jesus to that person who is angry. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in this room. Come on, someone stand up. Come on, someone begin to praise God. Someone begin to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Right now, Holy Spirit, give us power, my God. Forgive us, Lord, for making making it about anything else but you, Lord. I want my message to be Jesus. I want my message to be the love of Christ. The love that I love so much. I want people to experience it, my God. May we never go back to normal. May we operate in your power, Holy Spirit. Come on, if you're watching, let this be your prayer right now. Ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to fill every crevice in your spirit. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at My Numa Church. Thanks again and God bless.